Well, Callum, welcome back to the therapy session. We didn't know that we needed, and you at home probably didn't know that you needed as well. Another, I don't know even the right word to use about that display last night, but a nil-nil draw against St Johnston. I don't know what you're talking about, Serbia. I feel wonderful after that. <laughs> oh, I'm delighted with the performance. A great point away. Yeah, well, we, we know we didn't lose any ground on Hibs. Exactly. Exactly. Every cloud. Every cloud. Oh, I mean, we're really scraping the barrel. You know, mm. yesterday um, we were texting in the afternoon saying, you know, we've just secured a, an Aberdeen graduate, academy graduate as a, a next interview lined up. The stadium, there was some positivity around that from Dave Cormack. We were in a positive mood, but we did say, we said, I can't wait for the club to ruin that tonight. And oh boy, did they. Oh boy, did they. If this certain academy graduate is listening, hopefully you're not put off by the rant that's about to come. It's just about the performance, which wasn't good. What's your one word to sum it up, though? Well, I mean, there's plenty of one words you could have used to sum it up. I was torn between disillusioned. Um, I wasn't actually sure if this was actually a word was going to be unengaging. Um, I wasn't sure if that was a word, but it's kind of how I felt. But I settled on painful because it was painful listening to Rob McLean. It was painful mm. to watch. And it was painful to watch Cosgrove in particular trying to control a football. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't good. It wasn't Yours? good at all. Um, mine also relating to... Probably the starting 11, uh, the substitutions, the tactics, the commentary, and just the football in general, just chronic. Um, it was absolute toilet, or instead, maybe not toilet, as the chairman would say. Absolute crap. Hey, great of Dave to contribute to the show, finally. I know, what a man, what a man. Man of the people. <laughs> yeah, he understands. And, you know, we, you know, we knew that the feeling was going to be... Um, one of discontent, I think it's safe to say, um, based on last night. So we put it out on our, our Twitter page, as we normally do for not recording straight away, um, at RTG underscore podcasts, asking what your one word was going to be. And I've selected a handful of the responses that really made me um, laugh. Uh, Jack Sharps was the first one to do so, which was eye gouging. You know, it's something different than we normally get. And I think uh, quite a fair assessment. Um, Neil Ross, suicidal. Hopefully he's feeling a little bit better today. <laughs> I hope so. Um, Carol Innes had spineless. You know, we did have kind of the, the usual suspects with, you know, rancid, terrible, sackable, but some other ones that um, kind of stood out. Um, a play on words, kind of following the Rob McLean um, mantra was um, Binti, who put on and in, in brackets, bearable. Nice. brackets around bear you know um similar theme from rob monroe um was his one word was un uninspiring but he put hun inspiring mm, yes you know people are getting inventive i, I really like it mm -hmm. um another a word i liked was from paul picker pickard was feeble and then the sarcastic comment from um lewis sharp masterclass McInnes' oh. masterclass at its finest last night. Oh, yeah. I don't think I could put it any better myself, honestly. I know. But, you know, it's great to see, you know, and hopefully you guys contributing your one words made you feel that little bit better as well. And, and mm -hmm. like we said, your therapy session is now well underway. And mm -hmm. um, Callum, we knew there would be a meltdown with the team news when it came out. Um, we'll come We'll come to the main suspect mm -hmm. Um around that but we'll discuss um Ross McCrory no not out for as long as we 
we expected, replacing Funzo Ojo, who's um, expected to join Wigan on loan. Mm-hmm. That was surprising. I thought he was just crocked for the foreseeable future. I was glad to see he came in for all of three minutes before he then crocked Tommy Hogan. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, McCrory was still fine, fine to continue. Um, anyway, albeit having to drop back back into defence. Um, the other the other uh, noticeable difference to our team was obviously Curtis Main picking up an injury in the warm up. Mm-hmm. Boy, did that come back to bite us! It would have been yeah, it would have been nice to have Curtis uh, on the bench as an option, I suppose. But whether he'd have been used prior to the 80th minute, I don't know whether that would have made a difference. To be honest. Yeah, um, like I said, we'll come to the the main suspect of the team news in a little bit because I want to kind of get into the game first mm. uh, and then we'll we'll discuss the impact that said player had. Um, note, still not mentioning his name. Mm. Um, for those of a, a blue persuasion that might be tuning in to listen to our meltdown, I hope you're enjoying the fact that we refuse to mention the name so far. Yeah. He should not be named. It's like Voldemort. Yes. Um, so, like you mentioned, Hoban went off crocked after three minutes, seeing Ross McCrory drop to centre-back, Dean Campbell coming on into midfield. How do you feel that kind of affected us through the game? I think it's it was very unsettling, probably, early on. Not helpful, losing Tommy Hoban at the back, who's been in all right uh, form recently. Obviously, got a goal at the weekend. Uh, probably didn't help things then. Dean Campbell coming on so early and wearing Under Armour. <laughs> But I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy, let me tell you that. Do you think that restricted him in his shot later on? I think it did. I think <laughs> Dean Campbell without that, hard man Dino would have wellied that into the top corner. But Well, Steve, if you're listening, pass the message on. <laughs> exactly. Um, first half, though, um, overall, this, despite you know the, the, the little change that we had to go through, I thought we were largely creative and we did dominate possession. Mm-hmm. Um with no real end product, though, the only real chance of note that I can remember was the, the cross that found Sam Cosgrove, who I think a, a fit in scoring Cosgrove buries that chance. Probably, yeah. And I think, we, yeah, we had most of the ball, but the problem was we didn't really do much. And I don't think we created significantly more than St. Johnston, despite what Rob McLean was saying in the, in the commentary ball, going, oh, I've never seen such a one-sided <laughs> half that's still nil-nil. <laughs> It's a lot of nonsense. I'm sure we'll get on to more of his nonsense later on. Yeah, um, I think we will. I mean, yeah, admittedly, we probably were maybe slightly better in terms of controlling the game, but we still didn't create anything, which is ultimately what you're meant to be trying to do, and it just didn't happen. And who's shocked having watched us this season? Yeah, and I think, though, in general, Matty Kennedy is probably something I will agree with Rob McLean on. He really has come onto a game in the last two, three games. Mm-hmm. A, a rare bright spark in a in amongst a terrible watch, largely. Yeah, that's encouraging, I suppose. He, I think early in the season, he struggled, especially when he came back. I think he had, did he have injury or something early on? Or maybe mm-hmm. it was when he missed out the yeah. uh, COVID thing. Was he involved in that? I can't remember. No, it was, a, it was an injury, you were right. Yeah. Injury, that was it. So, yeah, I think he struggled coming back from that. So maybe now he's in full flow. And admittedly, he has looked better actually delivering some decent crosses every now and then, which is positive. It's just a shame there's nobody to get on the end of them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, one of the, the bright sparks, um, I suppose, in terms of his interchange with Ryan Hedges is the man that shan't be named. Um, where where do you sit on his inclusion in the starting 11? Right. I've actually prepared some statistics for this, which I'll get on to in a minute. I'll just um, sit back then. I know, it's not like <laughs> me. It's not like me. Okay, you can look at it like this. If you look at it like this, it's him moving 
for more money, so it's bettering his career and probably more chance at success, let's be honest. And even if you take away who he's moving to, whatever, fine. But come the end of the season, he's not going to be our player. So he doesn't really want to be here to start with, let's be honest. And you can say, okay, we're a worse team without him in the side, but I've written some notes on the back of an envelope here. Wow, very prepared. Statistically, in terms of end product, we're not much worse off. If you could put... You can be, if you want to come out of the team, you probably put Conor McLennan in. Would you agree that's one man you'd probably turn to? Yeah, and a player who's out of contract at the mm-hmm. end of the season and who'd probably be chomping at the bit to prove he deserves a new contract, I think it's fair to say. Exactly, exactly. And, okay, maybe uh, he's not the finished product yet. Scott Wright's still not, damn it, I just said his name. He's still not the finished product, number 25. But also in terms of end product, very, very similar. Scott Wright has played 78 games for Aberdeen scoring seven goals, three of which came in one game against Park Thistle, mm-hmm. and he's provided 11 assists. So that's contributing okay. to 18 goals in total. And then Conor McLennan, who is two years younger than him, so he's still got plenty of time to get to an even better than him, better level than him by the mm-hmm. time he's that age. He has played 67 times, made 67 appearances, scored seven goals, so he scored the same amount of goals as um, the, name of, the player won't be named, and got nine assists. So that's just two less assists, and he's got two years to make that up. Mm-hmm. Would he not be better off playing 10 or 15 starts by the end of the season? And how much better would he be because of that for a player that probably wants to be here, has got a point to prove? And you can say that's just one club, that's one sample. Okay, we'll look at under 21, under 21 Scotland level as well. I number knew 20, that was going to come. <laughs> number 25, five caps for Scotland, no goals. I don't have assists, I couldn't find it. Conor McLennan, still eligible to play for under-21, so he may improve on this. Seven appearances, three goals. Mm-hmm. So if you compare them in terms of end product, very, very similar, and we'd be better off giving him 10, 15 more starts towards the end of the season for a player who wants to be here with a point to prove, and who knows, he'll be better for it. Though that's a fact. That is a fact. So I don't know what that's about. And then if you look at that and you go, okay, maybe Conor McLennan wouldn't be enough, Ethan Ross out on load, sitting on the bench for Wraith. Would he not be better off sitting on our bench if he's not even going to play for uh, Wraith against Hearts? Rant over. There you go. So that debunks any myths that we are a better side with Scott Wright in the team. I've said his name again, but I don't care. Yeah, well, no, I think you've presented your argument very well. Very controlled as well. Thank you. Um, and I think the under 21 point is an excellent point um, because McLennan is a regular for the national side at that level and a regular threat as you um, displayed there with your stats. And I think it, it must, for a player that is, you, you know, potentially wanting to stay at the club, mm-hmm. um, we're assuming he is um, in, in Connor McLennan, it must be a real kick in the teeth mm-hmm. for you wanting to prove yourself. And if he doesn't want to stay, you know, proving yourself to potential suitors, mm-hmm. seven minutes is not enough week in, week out. We know what he is capable of defensively, as he's shown already this season. But as you've shown in your stats there, he is more than capable as an attacking threat. He just needs a consistent run that Scott Wright got for six months this season and has earned himself a big money move um, to to Rangers. And why why should we continue to play a player that has committed his future elsewhere Mm -hmm. over someone fighting for the future to potentially remain at the club? Mm-hmm, exactly, and I, and, I, and I totally agree with your point on Ethan Ross as well. Mm-hmm. Scott Wright out 
Mm-hmm. McLaren in, and Ethan Ross can take McLaren's place on the bench. Exactly. And then you're looking at that as well. Also, just further developing a player who's then going to go and play for a rival. What's the point in that? There's exactly. no point. Is there? He's already committed. It's not even just rumours at this stage. He's actually committed to playing for them. At this yeah. stage with the other serpent, it was just rumours at this stage. So he was still playing. But mm-hmm. with this man, I know, he's committed. I, I know. I like how people said, oh, well, Jack played a Scottish Cup final it wasn't announced that he'd committed mm-hmm. to them at that point. It was still, will he, won't he? Yeah. I've been stripped of his captaincy as well. Yeah. This is a whole diff- different, different ball game and a scenario in, in where we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, McInnes' comments pre-match about, you know, we don't want to weaken the team. Well, he might not want to weaken the team, but again, as a Connor McLennan or a Niall McGinn even, who's not getting game time. Mm. How do you think that sits with those exactly. players? Exactly. Fills them know. with confidence when they're going to... Because when Scott Wright inevitably mm. gets injured, because I'm be surprised if he lasts to the end of the season fully mm. fit, they almost think, well, he doesn't really trust us that much if he won't mm. play us regularly. And if you think, okay, Conor McLennan and his statistics are fairly similar. If you really want me to deep dive into Con <laughs> and, and Niall McGinn's statistics for the next episode, <laughs> then I will. And then you'll see what happens. <laughs> And um, do you want to do you want to make comment on Rob McLean's commentary now? That man shouldn't be allowed near hospital radio, let alone a commentary box. Calling, saying Scott Wright tried like a bear. First of all, that's not a saying. Second of all, you know you know who he's just signed a pre-contract with. Are you just trying to annoy us? Yeah. And then what was the other thing he said? Oh yeah, he's going. Oh, I'd be quite happy to see him playing in red. First of all, you're being paid to watch him, so obviously you don't care. You're not an Aberdeen mm-hmm. fan, and you're not putting money into the club, therefore paying his wages. So, but how? Well, I don't know why we've got him. I bring back McDermott, and I'm genuinely serious. <laughs> well, I think he would just be as bad in his opinions, but it was cringeworthy beyond belief at times. Anything Scott Wright did was mm-hmm. praise to the high heavens. I mean, he ran the ball out of play, and it was, oh, that was great attacking intent and and whatnot and then when Liam Gordon executed a brilliant challenge and it's unbelievable that that was when the first St Johnson booking came because yeah, you know the likes of Tanzer and Murray Davidson deserve bookings way before and, and you know to be honest that wasn't really a booking that was an excellent yeah. challenge exactly. um so you know and then they were all up in arms about oh making a heavy challenge on and to come out and say it was a red card as well is it was just so cringe it, it was, was nothing tough. it was nothing more than probably maybe a slightly aggressive trip let's be honest there's nothing more <laughs> than that consign tackle was far worse than <laughs> that and to be fair and you mentioned the tanzer thing four fouls he didn't even end up getting booked and he got talked to after two as well yeah exactly mental stuff mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you know it's just another poor refereeing display but an even poorer display in the commentary box from mm-hmm. you know and it I've actually quite enjoyed Rob McLean's commentary by and large this season, especially mm-hmm. at away games. But even Paul Hartley as well, you know, linked to club official hierarchy, whatever you want to call it, you know, bringing him in, it's just another mouthpiece, I felt, just to kind of run the kind of let's praise Scott Wright and keep him playing. It just, mm-hmm. the club knew exactly what they were doing, similar with McInnes' pre match comments about not weakening the team they must think the fans are stupid and they know fine well if fans were allowed in the ground there's no way 
he would be anywhere near the team. It is very much jobs for the boys in that case, isn't it? I mean, you tell me there's no one better available right now? Mm, I'm not convinced. Um, and another thing, by the way, before we move on about Rob McLean, he said it was a complete performance after 41 minutes played. The man, <laughs> it was nil-nil. The man hadn't even had a shot on target. How's yeah, that and I also want to say I would have much rather had a, a Joey Harper, mm-hmm. um, Frank McDougall after the comments he put on Facebook. And who's the guy that normally is quite critical? Is it is it Stevie Cowan? Possibly, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'd have loved to see them in co-coms and tell us how they really feel. Mm, going at it. Exactly. None of this just playing to the masses, the Paul Crichtons and Duncan Forbes of this world. You know, we're not real fans. Um, for those of you that missed that reference, Paul Crichton, Northern Lights Facebook page and Duncan Forbes commenting on our last video saying, we're too negative and we don't understand the meaning of real fans. Yeah. Well, real fans are allowed to have different opinions mm-hmm. and they're allowed to disagree with what the club does. We don't just nod and are yes men at every opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes football fans proper fans as well. Because you have one opinion, Calm. We have, I have an opinion. You're not right. I'm not right. Opinions are allowed. Exactly. Can't just blanket everybody out. We're not just we're not saying for any reason that we're better than us. We're just two idiots speaking on a podcast. We decided to do it. Our opinion holds no weight either. I mean, no. It, it, but this sort of suprematism kind of thing amongst fans is just a bit mental. Yeah, I mean, we're you know the fact that we've got nearly two hundred subscribers on YouTube and you know nearly two hundred listens an episode is just bonkers to us in the in the first mm. place. If you know even just two of you listened, that that's more than what we expected. It's like we said, it's therapy is is well underway. Um, maybe Derek McInnes needs a bit of therapy. Um, he came out and after the game, um, and we will kind of look at the second half. Not that there was much to look into, but mm. afterwards, saying we lacked quality, um, throughout the game. But is that not something that we should be then maybe changing about to try mm-hmm. and? inject some quality into the game again a McLennan not just seven minutes worth a McGinn maybe I I don't think Bruce Anderson would have been suited to playing against St Johnson given their defensive high you know the height in their defense a a Mm. small Bruce Anderson but we've got other midfielders to to use well at the same time though if you've got a big lump up front that's meat and drink for St Johnston's defense someone like mm-hmm. Bruce Anderson who's maybe a bit better movement wise maybe this does co- does co- cause problems not that we would know 84 minutes Fair before point. he brings on one before he brings on Connor McLennan what mm-hmm. what do you expect him give him 6 minutes plus added on time what do you expect him to do and then you've still got McGinn very experienced okay maybe losing the legs a bit a little bit but creative nonetheless or a bit of quality from a a set piece as we've seen we've seen before with McGinn he can produce a free kick so you know Mm -hmm. get the ball in and around the box um which we did in the second half we did get the ball in and around the box but we we rarely shot on goal Matty Kennedy's the only one of Mm -hmm. note that I can remember his dipping shot was tipped over from Xander Clark but head just passed to Sam Cosgrove who was just rooted to the spot and that Hedges one though I don't know about you I think that shows how one-footed he was because if that was on the left side he is shooting 
yep, definitely. But I mean, and then you've got Koshrav with his feet stuck in a pile of concrete and just not even moving at all. I don't know what the hell that was about. Then there's also the Dean Campbell one as well, where just step onto it. He's on, he's on his strong foot, leather it, see what happens. Mm-hmm. I can, to be fair to Dean, I can understand why he's gone and passed it to a 20 goal a season striker. Yeah. I don't know again if Cosgrove, like the Hedges one, wasn't anticipating. There, there did seem with the Hedges, Cosgrove incident seemed to be a an apology of sort from Hedges, like I should have probably gone that alone. But for me, again, if that's on Hedges' right side, that's why he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Dean Campbell's seeing, I know someone that should know the way to the back of the net. I'll play in Cosgrove. And if Cosgrove drills that across the goal, mm. you, you know, maybe we get a deflection out to players running in, but he shoots near post and it was just, just poor from... You know, when he does play Cosgrove in, you're expecting better from Cosgrove. But I do feel Dean will probably regret not hitting that. I think so. I feel like, yeah, looking back, he probably was going, well, I wish I just stepped onto it. It's on my strong foot and went with it. But you're right about the, he's probably, yeah, he was probably looking at, okay, it's a previously prolific striker. Mm-hmm. Play him in, then it just didn't come through for him, for, yeah. unfortunately. Um, Joel Lewis, though, had a largely quiet game. Um, really not much to do up until just about the 90th minute when Glenn Middleton stepped up um, with a fierce strike from just outside the box that Lewis got down well to save. And I mean, I think that would have just summed up the last few days if he'd gone on to score the winner. Yeah, can, I mean, conceding, it would have been typical of us to concede a late winner anyway, but could you imagine, like, the Blue Noses are laughing at us enough as it is. Could you imagine if their Loney then <laughs> scored? That yeah. would have been bad. That would have been terrible. I know, well, I'd hate to think what they would have enjoyed from this podcast that he'd gone on to, mm. to score um, the winner. So full time came, nil-nil, camera pans to the managers, shaking hands. What was your thought? There's been a lot of outrage at McInnes' reaction to, to full time with his, the smile beaming on his face. I think and if some other managers probably wouldn't get scrutinised for that, but just the mm. way things are going... It was just like another little thing that just ticked everyone another off, basically. Another nail in the coffin, a dagger in the heart, so to speak. Exactly. It was just another thing that just further aggravated people after watching 90 minutes of horrific football. Just no tactical nous whatsoever from the touchline. And mm-hmm. it just, yeah, it was nail in the coffin, as you said. The last straw that broke the camel's back, they may say. Yeah. How many more of them can we get in? I know. Um, his, his post-match comments... Um, Again, didn't really leave much to be desired. Same old excuses trotted out. And I noticed a comment he put in was similar to the Ross County when he said he told the players if they put in the same amount of effort in the second half, we'll be guaranteed a draw. What? So why, again, so at Ross County, we were 2-1 down at halftime, and he told the players if they put in the same amount of effort they did in the first half, we'd get a draw. Why are we always telling the players we'll be getting a draw? Why don't you say, if you do this a little bit better or work the balls into the wider area or, you know, Sam Cosgrove, maybe move to find yourself getting on the end of the cross, we'll get a win. Yeah. We can guarantee a win. Why Why are we just baseline setting out, we'll take the point? That's And I mean this in no disrespect to Livingston. It's just because this was Gary Holt's previous mantra set out for a point and anything you get is a bonus that mm-hmm. shouldn't be our mantra no 
Um, that yeah, I I actually didn't hear that. Um, that's very very confusing. First of all, setting out for a draw, but also not saying do yeah, as you said, not say do better, put in more effort. This is what we can be doing better, or just saying yes, yeah, do the same. It's not it's not working for us. Just do the same, and <clears> we'll probably be maybe okay. It's just it's it's totally baffling. Uh, I don't I don't understand it whatsoever. In all honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said, the injury to Curtis Main proved costly as we had no real attacking threat to bring on off the bench um, to replace a very largely ineffective Sam Cosgrove. Mm-hmm. I see there's now been a Twitter page created. Yeah, um, I saw that. How many well. days since Sam Cosgrove scored? We're at 33 days for anyone that's um, wanting to know the answer to that. Um, and that's as accurate as of the 28th of January. Pretty so by point. the next time we play, that will be up to 30. Four. Mm-hmm. What day? What, what day is today? Thursday. No, Thursday. Thirty-five. Five. Yeah. Um, losing track of the days. Yeah. Um. Do you think though, with the injury to Curtis Main, you made a good point there about Bruce Anderson potentially being different. Do you think the manager trusts Bruce Anderson? Absolutely not. That in in long and short of things, you're looking for a goal. It's nil nil, and you don't even. Put him on, not even for five minutes, which is usually what you get, what you used to get. Sorry, before this loan, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it seems seems very odd. And also, I I had another point that I would like to have raised. I forgot about it, and it's come <laughs> back to me. People always say we can't compete with Rangers and Celtic because of budgets. What do you think our yeah. budget is compared to St Johnston? Mm-hmm. And then we'll see what happens with Livingston. Compare the budgets then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so no trust in Anderson. What no. about Niall McGinn then? Yeah, that is very, very odd because he seemed to be his man. Whereas even when McGinn was going through sort of rough patches of his own form, he was still staying. Whereas now, okay, yeah, his legs have gone maybe. But you could, I mean, he's still very much a man you could take on, sort of give 20 minutes, half an hour and create, could perhaps change something, especially when it's a nil-nil stalemate and there's not much going on. It it seems very, very odd. I don't know if anything's happened there. I highly doubt it. it just seems just seems very very bizarre in the continued just bizarre nature of Aberdeen Football Club. Yeah, um, with Ojo potentially leaving the club for six months, freeing up a bit of wage, assuming obviously that whoever he disappears on loan to will pick up his wage. Do you think that should be used to bring in another striker or an attacking-minded player? I would like to see that being the case, but given the way uh, Mr. Cormack's been saying about our finances, it wouldn't surprise me if we were just looking to save some cash money by putting him out on loan. He's not playing much, and then I think his mm-hmm. contract's up. It wouldn't surprise me if that was the case and we just went with the way we were. Inspiring. Yeah. Um, Andrew Close messaged me today um, saying there's maybe another player we should look at. Uh, Stephen O'Donnell to help mm-hmm. defensively and uh, allowing Matt Kennedy and the likes and, or Johnny Hayes to be pushed up for, further forward. Would you like to see us maybe pursue that avenue? I think so. Yeah, he his contract expires at the end of the month. So that would definitely be, um, that would, yeah, de- I think it would be a very good option and it would possibly allow us to revert to a four perhaps if the, if with him at right back. He's also still a good threat going forward. He plays right wing back for Scotland quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think it wouldn't surprise me if after Celtic sold Fribpong, given the way things they are going, if they just went, yeah, Stephen O'Donnell for free, mate, let's go. That yeah, wouldn't surprise exactly. me. And we can't compete with that, I suppose. No, we can't. Um, so that kind of 
sums up yesterday's mm-hmm. um, game. I didn't try to think of something positive to put on that, but I can't. Um, I believe we've got the chairman back on to give his opinion on not only the commentary, but um, the result and performance. Dave, what, what was your opinion on that? Sorry. Absolute crap. Perfect. That's good to hear. Um, but you did provide us with a positive com- comment, Mr. Chairman. Um, in relation to the stadium, I suppose we'll briefly talk about that before we move into the Livingston game on, on Saturday, Calm. Um, Dave Cormack coming out and saying that the club are open-minded to the proposals um, at the beach. That's encouraging. It is very encouraging. It's nice not only to see Aberdeen City Council try to make positive movements, but also Aberdeen actually willing to listen to them, which is mm-hmm. very, very nice. And then, of course, the Transition Extreme boss then came out too and said um, they'd be happy to sort of talk things through and that kind of thing. It's all very positive. Oh, as, again, it's all still very early stages and all that good stuff, but Mm-hmm. This is the one thing right now about our football club that everyone seems to agree on, and that is genuinely good. <laughs> it's the only thing that's given me any hope about the club is it remaining in the city centre just now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was, it was funny actually seeing seeing a couple of, of people giving their one words, mm-hmm. um, in in summary relating it to after the positivity of hearing about the stadium, the comments from the the chairman to then kind of put in a display on the pitch it was dispiriting mm-hmm. and deflating which I th- which again um some good good choices there um obviously you, you touch on there about transition extreme being open for move which is which I know a lot of people raised concerns about uh, other concerns still remain about the transport links and the mm-hmm. congestion in and around the beach area so I think that's certainly something that the council and club will need to look at because you know many fans are convinced i don't know why that kingsford will offer better transport mm-hmm. for me i think if you look at the kingswells west hill area five o'clock monday to friday during normal times it's quite busy with rush hour traffic mm-hmm. I, I don't really see how a match day traffic will be any different Um it's also one road in one road out i know we've got access to the bypass but i don't see there being much difference personally nope. again like we said everyone's entitled to their own opinion that that's mine on on the transport um it'll be interesting to see what the council come up with in terms of kind of improving that or um easing fears but i still think the biggest concern or issue will be cost and what the council does in terms of offering the land to the club yeah, definitely. But you, you do raise the thing about uh, even Kingsford's transport as well. Another thing is, you say it's probably bad enough around five o'clock. Could you imagine if then there's a, a gig at the Tekka or something going on, a big gig then? It would be even worse, mm-hmm. absolute chaos on a Saturday. Um, but yeah, but no, raise some good points. I think, yeah, I hope that going by positive talks that we've heard and they're actually being very forward and thinking about <clears> it, <throat> I'm actively making a move to do it. I hope that they do have solutions for all these things before they've just gone, uh, uh, go to the beach. And then that's, <laughs> then they're just stuck with all these issues. Yeah, it's taken longer than we hoped for. I know some people have also suggested the the old AACC site would have been just as ideal. Obviously now I think a church group's bought the main building and there's housing going in and in the other areas. So late to the party on, on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, but exciting, and obviously Jamie Hall is continuing to update the news story. Um, I believe there's a front page spread in both the Press and Journal and even Express today, which again, like I said, it's on Thursday. 
the articles will be available online for, for viewing and, and reading there to, to see the latest developments on that story. And obviously we'll do our best to keep on top of that and update you guys through on the podcast um, mm-hmm. for, for what happens. Uh, on to Saturday then, Callum. Livingston, a trip to the AstroTurf. Will the, will the all-weather finally hold? Um, I hope it does just so we get it over with and whatever will happen will happen. But I'm sure, as you can probably tell by a tone of voice, to anyone listening or watching or yourself, Glenn, whatever happens that will happen, I'm not confident about it being positive and the next podcast being a cheery one either. So Yeah. Um, so I spoke to the um, official Livy Talk podcast boys last night to kind of get some information, make sure my facts were correct, first of all. Um, they are nine unbeaten in the league. So always good to play a team in form. <laughs> yeah. And obviously we're playing, we played one half of the League Cup finalists in St. Johnson. We play the other half. So they've just reached a cup final as well. Really are playing a team banging for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not only are they banging for them, but they've all got cup final places to be playing for, all that good stuff. Exactly. So that's brilliant. So we're playing basically outside Rangers. They're the form team in the league. That's yep. very encouraging. And it's back to back. So if we first of all, if we lose the first one, Yep. I would previously be like, oh, okay, that's a good opportunity to bounce back and show them who's boss. But I've also just, but now in my head, it's just going, well, we're not, it's just going to be the exact same again. If we can't beat them the first time round, who's stable we'll do any better the second time? Yeah, it's funny though, you've got a lot of negativity. Um, Andy and Ewan, who I was speaking to last night, both were quick to remind me that Livingston haven't beaten us since 2004 5 season. I know we mentioned that on the last preview of the, the postponed game. Um, so they were quick to be um, to reel that out and say we're fully expecting a one nil defeat. So mm. it's quite it's quite interesting to hear a team, you know, supporters of a team full of confidence, still not confident that they can beat an Aberdeen team that just don't look like scoring. Yeah, um, it would be sort of typical of us for saying that end of that hoodoo now. And mm. I think this is well as you could probably say you could agree this is the best chance they've had to do so. Uh, obviously, they weren't even in the same division for quite a while. So it would be, would be typical. And yeah, Martin Dale's got them firing and they'll probably be, only be better off now that he's officially, correctly in charge as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, nine unbeaten, seven wins, two draws, both those draws against Celtic in the space of four days. So they are more than comfortable in handling the, the okay, one of the games against that was a slightly depleted side. But they've actually only lost one of their last 16 it's just it's not it all of these stats you're throwing up just don't make sort of positive uh they don't make me think about positive viewing and i as i think i mentioned it before as uh free and and mccallie said on twitter and um, i think we should just play the one game and just make it worth six points and see what happens mm. rather than having to sit through the rest of it <clears throat> yeah well i mean it's certainly if we were to lose, you know, worst case scenario, to lose both these games, it puts Livy right on our coattails. Mm-hmm. I think it's two points behind us. And um, equally, you know, if we win, you know, it does create the distance. But this is a big run of fixtures coming up. It's Livingston doubleheader. Um, and then I believe it's Hibs, mm-hmm. St Mirren away. Hibs at home, sorry. St Mirren away and then a doubleheader against Celtic. I hate these double headers. I just never ever feel confident when there's when there's like two games against the same team. I never feel like we're going to win them both. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think f- anything worse than four points 
will probably cause absolute meltdown uh, in the Twitter. And this sphere. is from and this is from the the Livingston. Livingston, yeah, Livingston mm-hmm. doubleheader. Anything worse than four points will probably cause absolute meltdown. And I know, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing in that. Um, we've got those games I've just, you know, put forward to you there. Um, what would kind of be your expected points tally from those games? My expected points will be different to sort of my realistic prediction of points. So that's out of 18 out of our, our next games, which is a doubleheader against Livingston, Hibs, St Mirren and a doubleheader against Celtic. I mean, 12 would be pretty decent going by my, but uh, drinking today. it's ambitious. No, no, I know that's it. But I, the way things are going, it might be enough to drive me to drink. 12 would be, very, I think 12, right. 12 would be, should be what we're setting our sights on 12 points. Okay. But realistically, eight, maybe might be what we mm. get. What about you? I, I don't really see us beating Celtic um, just now. Um, they look like a team have got a point to prove um, we look like a team that don't <laughs> mm-hmm. these next two games will tell us a lot I, I kind of agree we need to be getting at least four we need to avoid defeat in both of these games especially mm-hmm. for the you know the top four positions um, Hibs we always seem to get the better of mm-hmm. um, and St Mirren you know, proved to be stuffy for us this season and obviously an impressive result last night against Dungeon United 5-1. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say we'll get nine points. Hmm. See, when I went with eight, I even think that's like ambitious, I th- um, to be honest right now. And mm-hmm. anything less than eight should probably be Jotter's time. Because men have just absolutely blown away Dundee United. Yeah, my, I, think, I think that's the biggest concern for me as well, is if we're getting less than your eight and nine points here, there's going to be questions like you said there's going to be a lot of trouble in the twitter sphere mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of questions being asked about the manager's position as well because you know obviously depending on these outcomes we're we're looking at worst case scenario here just now um mm, not like us no not at all <laughs> there's going to be a lot of pressure put on mckinnis for these european spots mm-hmm. um for finishing in them and obviously given the, the financial situation that cormac's been alluding to recently Europe's probably quite important for us this season, especially I think his third place gets you guaranteed group football. I, I believe I read somewhere. I'm not sure, but I think this is fourth place now, not uh, the it's like this the new Euro Euro conference league. league. Yeah, yeah, so the money will be even worse for that. So, but it's it's easier to get group yeah, stages or something. So. There's there was something about finishing third guarantees you an easier route for group football, but. We all know how good McInnes has been at achieving group stage football, so I'm not going to count the chickens yet. Less said about that, the better. Exactly. Um, Back to Saturday's game, Scott Robinson, who's been in fine form for Livingston, managed to be rested for over an hour against Kilmarnock, so I'm sure he'll be absolutely buzzing to be pushing for a start again. Yeah, that's good. Scott Robinson's a weird one, because he played in the game that I was mascot in for Hearts in (laughs) 2010, and he's, he was in fine form. I remember, I specifically remember being in the changing room and they were speaking about who's going to mark him. I think he was number 44 at the time. It's just a weird memory I have. Mm. It's concerning. He's hit a hot run of form recently. Yeah. And looking very good. He's not the only one either. No, he's not. And um, when it comes to 
we'll we'll look at the Aberdeen side and we'll certainly compare his goal scoring record to ours as a team. Um, but Livingston, you know, they pride themselves on set pieces, not only defending them, but but going forward. We've seen that against Celtic getting their, their set piece goal. Last night, John Guthrie hit the bar on a couple of occasions um, from balls into the box. He'll be a big threat. Would you get the Birkenhead Beresi tight on him? We know what he's like dealing with aerial threats. Yeah, I think that's probably our best bet in all honesty. The... Another one of the things is the team that they have a lot of set pieces, but our when we defend them, there's always seems to be this weird instant Panic. like <laughs> idea. And also they love to just grapple people. Constantine mm. especially. It's, yes. a, it's concerning. It's <laughs> concerning. Um, especially for a team that likes to play for a set piece. Um, it's pretty worrying, but yeah, I'd say Big Ash is probably our best our best bet to deal with it, I guess. The Birkenhead Barese. Um looking looking at our team then, you know, obviously we're going to be playing on the Astro turf. Uh, Tommy Holman, big head knock mm-hmm. um, and a gash to to what looked like his forehead. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if there'll be concussion protocols he might need to follow or if it's, you know, maybe a broken nose or whatever. We might see him masked up, which is very on point with the current climate we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be playing Tommy Holman if fit? If I not, then it's a bring- no-brainer. If not, then bring back David Grassi. Um, but no, yeah, I think if it, then yeah, definitely. And I think, I believe someone's on Twitter, I think they just tuned into the St. Johnston commentary instead because they were fed up of the Aberdeen one that they said uh, Tommy Holman was still in the stand. So I think if it was a concussion mm. or something, he'd have maybe been rushed off. So hopefully that's mm-hmm. a positive sign. I'm sure we'll find out probably during the weekend if he's in training and things like that. Uh, fingers crossed, because otherwise, pretty bare bones again at the back. Yeah. Yeah, and we would also be taking a goal scorer out of the team as well. Um, mm-hmm. I saw Matt Cool point out that we've only scored four goals uh, in our five calendar games this year. Tommy Hoban, Andrew Considine, so it's two defenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matty Kennedy was tapping against Rangers and an own goal. So our strikers are contributing well so far this year. Positive signs. And then if you look at Scott Robinson and his form, him alone probably doing better than that. Exactly. Um, looking at that then... <sighs> Obviously, we don't know the extent of Curtis Main's injury or even what it was. Um, do you make a change up top? Obviously, we're sitting, we don't know if we're going to maybe miraculously pull a rabbit out of the hat and sign somebody between now and, and Saturday's game, but I have no real confidence in Sam Cosgrove, and I don't think he really has much confidence himself. Uh, I agree with that, but I also have no confidence that McInnes is going to start Bruce Anderson. So it'll be Sam Cosgrove, I'm going to guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really is concerning. Um, any other changes you'd make to the, make to the midfield? I can't, well, uh, Conor McLennan. I'd like to see him come in and start <laughs> instead of number 25. That would be nice. Well, I suppose, all being well, number 25 shouldn't be here by Friday if we can just get him off our books totally. Hope, uh, Yeah, I hope that's the case. And they say, well, we're strapped for cash. Boot him then. We'll take a couple a hundred grand, maybe a couple hundred grand if we're lucky. That's the development fee. Exactly. <laughs> Happy with that. And then recall Ethan Ross, get him parked on the bench, McLennan in from the start. Beautiful stuff. Yeah, Jobs that... are good and we're going to win the league. <laughs> and the thing is as well, we can't even get, you know, if we were to do like a kind of swap deal, which apparently is off the table, anyone that you're getting in from them isn't going to be match fit and ready to play anyway. Mm-hmm. Similarly, the, you know, the, the speculation that was surrounding Ross Stewart, He's been hooked um, over Ollie Shaw because his intention is to leave. So John Hughes is thinking, well, I'm going to play people that want to be here. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, Derek. I know. 
and look at Alex Dyer. Yep, that's what it's saying. That is the best example ever. He said it out in public. He was like, yeah, probably just going to use him in training. That's it. And then, and then they booted him out on loan. So fair enough. And even Paul McMullen as well. He signed pre-contract with Dundee and now he's on loan there until the end of the season. Exactly. Just look how other clubs handle it and don't just take the piss out of their own support. Um, mm-hmm. But there we go. Yep. One word ahead of the weekend then, Callum. Arsed. You've used it before, but I'm going to use it just arsed. Genuinely, it's such a chore these days. Yeah, and it's also going to be, for those of you that pay to watch the games, it'll be a £20 charge on top of the 17.50 that you might have forked out last night. So Yeah, exactly. Stu McCombie actually pointed out that the Libby pay-per-view cost actually cost more than it would a match day ticket. Possibly, but also the way they're doing it is they're not screwing over their fans for it for like in terms of season tickets because I think the way we do it is the people who pay season ticket and even if you bought every pay for home game, they're still getting mm. screwed out of probably like a hundred quid. I think someone maybe said. Ah, okay. So it's annoying for us, and it does, but to be fair, it doesn't help the stereotype that Aberdonians are grippy, does it? No, it doesn't at all. Um, as the Livy boys like to, to, to point out with the postponed fixture, we're probably the angriest set of supporters about the £20 yeah. payment. We've nothing um, to be happy about, let alone paying 20 quid to watch this nonsense. Just, yeah. just let us do it. Just let us shout into the abyss. And, and to be honest, paying £20 to watch us just now really isn't very appealing. Um, my one word is the educational word of the podcast, apathy. There we go. Yeah, that's. And I saw you say that, uh, Lewis Payton, who then his his other word was tenants, which I mean, fair enough, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we go, um, I know we'll probably be playing the out music, but we'll just give a shout out to Tom from New Zealand who found mm-hmm. the podcast and found some British heritage in amongst himself and decided to support Aberdeen. So thanks for tuning in, first of all, from the other side of the world. And I'm really sorry you chose Aberdeen yeah. as that was your first game last night. And his one word was frustrating. It's yeah. taken him one game to know the feeling. I appreciate the fact he's chosen us, um, but yeah, you're you're in for a ride, Tom. Strap in and hope for the best, basically. But that's all there is to say. Yeah. Other than, don't forget to hit the like button on the video. Comment down below with any of your thoughts. Duncan Forbes, if you're tuning in, be sure to leave us. Let us know what you think. Hit subscribe. Then. Review. Exactly. And hit subscribe and then follow us on any of the platforms if you're listening in as well. Thank you very much for tuning in.